Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Our uh, text today, our sermon today, of course, is uh, with the uh, petition on the daily bread. But I picked out also a verse for us to follow along. Uh, Matthew 6, 31 to 34. I think this fits well with our petition. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is, is its own trouble. And the petition that we were talking about is the fourth petition. Hit the button there. Yeah, there you go. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God gives daily bread even without our prayer to all people through those sinful. But we ask in this petition that he will help us to realize uh, this and to receive our daily bread with thanks. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything needed for this life, such as food and clothing and home and property, work and income, a devoted family, an orderly community, good government, favorable weather, peace and health, a good name and true friends and neighbors. So this is what Martin Luther put and added to the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's see if we can apply that now to our lives. If you remember, we started with the introduction, which is our Father, and we wanted to emphasize that we're close to our father like a, and we are adopted children and then we went into thy uh, not only being adopted children but uh, we wanted to hallow his name and we also want to uh, have his kingdom come and also to do his will and each one the kingdom that we're talking about is the kingdom of grace coming into our life and the will is to be changed from ourself to God. God's will is what we want to follow. So with that, let me remind you, or let me ask you a question in this way. There is the whole aspect of being happy in this life. And as we think about being happy, what country do you think after a survey was done of 156 different countries would be rated the highest for people to have happiness. Now, I, you know, I'm not going to let you shout it out. I'm just going to tell you, after you think in your own mind, what country do you, would you like to live in where people seem to be the happiest? 
and they have questions and a survey and so forth in these 156 countries. And I don't know all the questions and that that came to this conclusion. But they ended up putting Finland, the highest country, for happiness. Okay. And along with Finland, was, they were followed by Norway and Denmark and Iceland and Switzerland. I looked up on this survey, where is South Korea of 156 uh, happens to be 56, or 54, excuse me, 156 countries, 54th on the list. The United States is 18th, so it's not necessarily the place to move just to be happy. And, you know, there are other countries too, and by the way, North Korea is not on our list because... The, they, they, they couldn't get the data. And so they had no data to put on. And, uh, but it certainly would have been down toward the bottom. A lot of the countries that persecute people are toward the bottom. They had a list of the bottom 10 as well. But when you think of all the things that you can think of that would contribute to your happiness, and it was not necessarily all centered around God and the way he looks at the world. His own version of happiness can be adopted in your life. It's based not on the highs and lows of the stock market. That's for sure. When Jesus began his most famous uh, prayer, uh, our sermon, excuse me, uh, his sermon from the Sermon on the Mount, and he began by saying this in Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed here uh, transcends the circumstance that you live in. So uh, he is saying, if you're really desperately poor, you may end up being the happiest. Now, how could that possibly be? That we have that total destitute situation where a person turns to God because there's nothing else that will work. They've tried it on their own, but when what happens is that the person is saying, I can't do it by myself. And so when they're desperately poor and live in uh, a situation where they can't seem to solve, people turn to God. And he is saying in his sermon, it, that's a positive thing uh, that people turn to him. You can turn your frustrations, your disappointments, your suffering completely over to God. And because you do that, guess what? You'll end up being happy. Here's what uh, the results of that are told us in the Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You have peace in your life when 
you turn over those anxious situations that you have that exist at this point in your life. So, your peace is a powerful witness to the unhappy culture that you're living in. There's so many people that are committing, you know, uh, suicide or whatever, and are so desperate. And your peace that you have will witness to them. Real contentment must come from within you. And you and I cannot change or control the world around us, but we can control what's within ourselves. We can have a changed attitude. You know, in your life, you can change a lot of things, but the best thing you can change is yourself. As you struggle with all those difficulties. In the Lord's Prayer, we have something that flies right in the face of saying, I am self-sufficient. I can do it. Uh, with, and that's the way we grow, grow up. Is Parents and teachers say so many times, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And we try to promote the self-sufficiency. What we're saying here is, no, you don't want to be self-sufficient. You want to, in the Lord's Prayer, we're saying, give us, Lord, our daily needs that we have in our life. We can't do it by ourselves. And so we ask God to help us work as we do our work, whatever it happens to be. You are asking God to help you in every situation that you find yourself. So we, for it is he who gives us the ability to do what we do. And boy, uh, when I'm desperate and I need help, I say, God, help me. And he, that's what we're doing in that particular, particular little verse of or the Matthew uh, 6, verse 11, for that petition. We're asking for help. And Martin Luther makes a very important observation. He says, when you pray for daily bread, you pray for everything that is necessary to enjoy that daily bread. So it's beyond their, your needs. The petition includes everything that belongs to life. There are only seven words in this petition. Give us our daily bread. And there are four, I think, things that come out of that for me and principles. Number one is give. It's a total dependence, as I just got through saying, on everything, and we're asking God, out of his love, to give to us. And it's not a type of thing where it's a gimme prayer, or it's not trying to say, uh, you know, because I deserve it, Lord, but you're saying to him, hey, you're a God of love. And therefore, I'm asking you, number one, to give to me in my life. And God, because of his love, does it. And the greatest thing, of course, that he gives is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the joy that we have as we live out this life here on earth. 
that we have God giving us through the Holy Spirit eternal life and through the work of the, his son, Jesus Christ. Also, number two that I see in here, it says give uh, us. It doesn't say just give me. And that means the whole family of God. So God give us. Now, when I think of praying the Lord's Prayer, I try to think of who else is in that circle that I know that I want him to give to. And so I think, hey, I've been in the United States. I grew up there. I lived there. I have relatives there. I have friends there. I'm praying for those people. And then God has opened the door around the world for us. So every place that we went, we found that there are people that we ended up becoming friends with. And so when we pray, give us, they're included. I'm talking about the people in Hong Kong. I'm talking about the people in Nigeria. I'm talking about people in South Africa and Ghana and, and South Korea. Because we've been living here. When I pray, give us, I'm including you. Give us this day. Now that's the third one, is day. Isn't it interesting that the Lord made a segment of 24 hours and he doesn't promise to give us the year he says give us this day and that use that little segment to those 24 hours don't worry about tomorrow just give us this day what we need and that's what he did with the Israelites if you think about it he didn't provide manna for the whole 40 years he said I'll give it to you when you need it and so I'll give you some manna today and what happened to that which they collected that was too much it was rotten the next day so they had to do it again collect the, for that particular segment of time and so that's what we work with we work with a day so we live in the present I can handle today because God is with me. I don't have to worry about the whole aspect of what's happening a year from now. What's happening, you know, tomorrow. I just want to live through today. Now, that does not mean you don't plan, but it does mean that you don't worry about tomorrow. Just give us this day and look at that verse again. What's it talking about? Look at the last, verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Because you just, it ties together with that petition very well. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we're trying to get, we're trying to ask God to bless, give us this day and that's all. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. But again, I'm not saying you don't work and plan for tomorrow. I'm saying you don't worry about it. And you get through those situations that face you today. And it's a little bit like a car. If you walked out of here tonight where it was dark, you would get in your car or get on a bus or a taxi or whatever, and they would turn the lights on or they would turn the GPS on. 
and it would lead you to the spot that we're going. As you turn the light on, it just shows so far ahead. And then it shows a little farther ahead, and a little farther. So I am saying that that GPS or those lights on your car shows like in a Christian aspect or as a spiritual context is you can see the day. When you go beyond that, you travel a little farther and eventually you'll get to your home if you're going home. But you don't have to worry about if you follow the lights, you follow the GPS that says home on it, you'll get there. And that's the way we ha what happens in your life is that you're going to get to the destination of heaven. If you just persevere, it would be silly to just go out in the parking lot and get in the car and sit there. Okay, I'm going to go home. But I don't turn on the lights. Now, what's going to get you through and get you home? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And the word does not necessarily show you 10 miles ahead. It, the word is a lamp to my feet. I can see the steps as I go. That's what, why you need God's word is to show you the direction and how to get to the destination you're going. And the destination you're going is to your uh, home in heaven. So, so long as you follow that word, you're going to get there and you don't have to worry about it. God will provide and give us his daily bread. And we trust. And when we talk about worry here in this verse and being anxious about it, it's really saying if you're worried, you don't trust God. So put your hands and put your life into his hands and his, and his guidance as you walk through life. If you ask him, he will provide what is promised for that day. He's not saying that, and he will only provide what you need. It's not, again, what you want necessarily. R. C. Sproul, it was a, a theologian that... Uh, had this story in his book called The Prayer of the Lord. And I will just uh, share some of the highlights of this story. And I really enjoyed Sprawl because he was a great apologist. And I have a lot of his information and he had this story. After the Korean War ended, South Korea was left with a large number of children who had been orphaned by the war. Okay, one of the people involved in this relief effort told R.C. Sproul about a problem they encountered with the children who were in an orphanage or orphanages. Even though the children had three meals a day they provided uh, for them, they were still restless and anxious about the time when they went to sleep. And at night, it was difficult for them, the sleeping. As they talked with the children, they soon discovered that children had great anxiety about whether they would find food the next day. 
All right. To help resolve the problem, the relief workers in one particular orphanage decided that each night when the children were put to bed, the nurses would place a single piece of bread into their hand. The bread wasn't intended to be eaten. It was simply intended to be held by the children as they went to sleep. It was a security blanket for them. And with that aspect, uh, the whole anxiousness of the children went away. Now you have Jesus Christ as your security blanket. What does he say? He says, I am the bread of life. You can take Jesus to bed with you with all your anxious thoughts about tomorrow and peacefully sleep the night. Now that's the challenge that I have that you t ask him for our daily bread and he will not fail to provide it. Trust him that you're going to get through the next day and all the needs that you have in your life. So the principle is so simple, yet so profound. It takes an incredible load off of your day if you just say, come, give me every day my daily bread, the needs that I have for that particular day. And everybody said, Amen. With that, we continue. <laughs>